Greetings, it's Anthony J. Resta here for a special edition of Studio Secrets A to Z, and we're going to be doing a series on TV mania, bored with Prozac and the internet. And for those who don't know, um, it was back in the late 90s, Warren Cucurullo and War- Nick Rhodes and Tin Lee and myself and Bob St. John teamed up to make this incredible art, noise, music album with uh, a lot of samples. And... Uh, it's quite a oral adventure. It's like, you know, there's a lot of really cool sounds and, and it, the, the masters went missing for like a decade or so, maybe even longer. And eventually it was all recovered and we, uh, they released it, I think in around 2013 on a special boxed set, which was like, you know, real fancy with like Polaroids and it was like, you know, uh, gatefold, uh, heavy, heavy white vinyl, like, and, and then they sold out of those and that was kind of the end of it. And then, you know, with the with Duran Duran going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year and, um, you know, just a lot more stuff going on with them, um, they decided to re-release it. And it just came out on Amazon and other places, you know, and it's really cool. So we're going to do a series just kind of talking about the making of it. And we're going to have Bob St. John on today to kick it off. We, we got the hard copy for the first time. You can't really see it on the audio podcast, but we're excited. And so we're going to go into uh, three songs today. So I mean, welcome, Bob. Uh, Anthony, always good to be with you. Yeah, it's fun. I love having you. This you is... know, I, I had almost forgotten. Well, I never really forgot about this disc. I just wondered if they were ever going to release it. So I'm pretty excited. Not only that they released it, that people hear it. It's way, way ahead of its time. I, I just listened to the whole thing before we got on together here. Oh, that's so cool. And, uh, I'd forgotten a lot of it. I, you know, and, and the, the thing is... As I started to listen, I realized we, we did this in a couple of different studios. Um, yep. I know you did a lot of it up at um, Chelmsford, Bopnik, yeah, and um, and then of course we did some of the mixes at Cortland, some of them at Sound Techniques, if I remember right. No, that's right. I remember we transferred a lot of stuff from ADAT um, to twenty-four inch uh, two-track, uh, no, twenty-four inch two-inch. Yeah, that's right. This this stuff yeah. predates Pro Tools and the yeah. easy transfer of files. How, how did you even get this stuff into ADAT? Um, well, they Tinley and Nick and those guys they were working on ADATs, so they sent they they would send me a couple of ADATs, and then I would sync them up with. I, at that time, I I had twenty four tracks of ADAT, or maybe I know mm-hmm. I had either three or four machines. I might have rented an extra machine, but we were I was do, we were doing this all in ADAT. So all the early I totally forgot about that. Yeah, all the early <laughs> early tracks were were definitely on ADAT, and then you know we transferred it to two inch at Cortland. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, remember, because we, uh, we were using the Roland sound space a lot. Uh, the thing was, listening to it, I'm like, this is Atomos before there was Atomos on two speakers. Yeah, it uh, really it's is. It's just listening to it, it's it floats all over the place. There's you know, some wild it's, stuff. Uh, it's definitely an experience. And I remember that we had um, uh, recorded a lot of the stuff from the sound space onto stereo sets of tracks so that we could have the effect there, you know. Cool. I, I remember. There were a lot of late nights involved in this. This I remember. Oh, yeah. And a lot of uh, playing bongos in my underwear, uh, too. It's like a special time in my life when I had, like, no worries. It was I remember it being, like, winter and I had no car or something, and I was, like, sleeping on the floor and, like, you know, it's, it was just, like, it was like a bohemian. I think you, you definitely, you were sleeping under the piano at Cortland. That was one of your favorite hangs. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember. I wish, do you have a picture of that somewhere? It was, I, like, a whole bed set up and you had, like, a, you had an alarm clock. Because, of course, the studio's totally dark. You don't yeah. know what time of day it is when you wake up. And I think you had a no, bed I had an there apartment and, in the and, under the grand piano. It was pretty. Ma- it was uh, somebody leaving after yeah, dinner mint yeah, on your yeah, pillow too. Yeah, at one so. point I might have even had like a hot plate or something. 
<laughs> it's like Snoopy. You ever seen? Uh, you were making mashed potatoes. Ever seen the episode of Snoopy and like and, and Woodstock and like Woodstock? Um, Snoopy looks in Woodstock's um, birdhouse and it's this luxury, luxury bachelor pad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never seen. That. Ah, it's amazing. All this time he was sponging off me, that damn bird. Okay, so we're going to play the first track on the album, which is called What About God? And let's listen to it, and then we'll take it from there. God. Do you have a God? An all-powerful being. A force. An intelligent force. God. All the same. All the same.
I have a zillion memories. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's there's. I think at the end of the episode, I'm going to um, give a taste of an, an episode, uh, an episode, uh, a version of, that I have of the song, which I think you helped me with because I remember we did this crazy giant Phil Collins drum sound in the room, and it was like with slapback, and it was like ping pong. It was going this crazy thing, and it's not even in the track. And I'm like, oh my god, that I don't remember that we, we you know, did it at your studio. Yeah, we, yeah. And, and what's funny is it never made it into the song. I forget why, and we were always planning on doing another version of it and I've kind of done a little bit of a trailerized kind of treatment I'll, I'll give people a mm-hmm. taste of it but um anyway so it was, I, was, I was almost in shock that there were no big drums in it but I, I I've, yeah I, I don't I, the only version I've ever heard of it since we did it yeah. was that version oh wow that's so this yeah. one yeah see I've, I've listened yeah, to the I, other d- one. I don't remember that I mean there's other songs that have the big drums in them but yeah. I don't think this is the song yeah it's so funny it was I had those two Yamaha d1500 delays and you know, you had them, <laughs> what we called permapong. Permapong was... The, the, permapong, we, we had them ganged together. Yeah. Just, you know, it's all over everything. Yeah. <laughs> permapong is a way of life. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so we'll get into that later. But anyway, let's... Uh, for God, for I, the uninitiated, the, yeah. the, the ping pong delay is when you have a delay and it bounces from left to right in rhythm with the music. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's important. It's a pretty trippy thing. Nowadays, you just click on a button on your on your H delay plugin, yeah, and there it is, boom. Plugin, ping pong. Okay, yeah. In the old days, it was like four patch chords, and you got to balance the levels and make sure one side wasn't too loud and the other side wasn't too soft. And yeah, crawl around on the floor I, looking I, for the other one. I, I thought I had reinvented the wheel when I decided to make them regenerate towards each other and then add an EQ to it, and it kept getting progressively more lo-fi. That's amazing. Now it's just a plugin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, do PCM42s do that, right? They have like that sort of deterioration. Yeah, well, because, they, because the, the bandwidth is 8K, so as it goes and it keeps regenerating, you end up with a crappier and crappier sounding thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a delay. kind of cool. There's a delay that just keeps going up in price as the years go by. It's funny how some gear like, you know, it falls out of favor and it's like, you know, 200 bucks. And then there's other stuff yeah. that just keeps going. Like my original Lindrum now, they're selling for like seven grand. <laughs> It's, it's, it's so crazy, but um, vintage. Yeah. So where do we start with this? I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Um, let's talk about what Tinley. Well, I was I'm, I'm, yeah. the, the the thing is that I remember that the original concept of it being presented to us as like a Broadway show where the stars were actually just going to be TVs. Yep. And the TVs would be all the spoken parts along with all the music. If I remember, that's correct. It right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I'm pretty sure Nick explained that to me. And. Uh, and so the thing is, forever I visualized what that would have potentially looked like. It's pretty avant-garde, anyhow. I love it. And that all the screens were going to be the voices and stuff. Yeah, and that's so cool. Do you remember anything else of the concept? Um, that that's pretty much what I remember as well. I mean, I know that it was a it was a sort of a a satire on modern society. You know, the whole thing. You know, bored with Prozac and the internet being everything. You know, just the the the, the life in the in the you know what's the word in in the limelight you know like yeah you know i mean the thing is you have to realize that this was 96 the internet was new kind of yeah internet was a new thing and uh you know we had no idea what it would become it was just now it was just a clever way to find information and communicate with people um you know we didn't know that it would turn into you know an obsession another world that actually changed life on the planet right yeah. right 
Uh, when I was listening to it, one, it's one of the later tracks, and Paramount is set up like it's a, you know an online store before there was such a thing. That's you know? right. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's crazy. So I remember Tinley and Nick and the, their foundation for the track was definitely Warren's that jam man loop uh, guitar thing bouncing around that right. chicka chicka chicka, right. and then the samples. Um, I, and I'm trying to remember what else they sent us because I, there's so so much. Um, going on even though it doesn't sound like there's a lot going on like one of the things i remember for sure is that the moog the multi-moog that i had was pressure sensitive and you would push the key down it would go and if you push down harder and you assigned it to a filter it would like open up so you hear that really low like just that was that was there was that in there i mean i recorded an actual clock of some kind i hear that ticking away um Mm -hmm. there was i'm trying to think of other some other things that i added um you know like timpani and uh, my cousin uh, Danny had sent me a train bell, like a really big giant right. train bell. I recorded that. That's in there. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on. And I don't, you know, I wasn't at, at Privacy Studios when they did the foundation for the track. So it's hard for me to comment on what, what they did. I can only talk about right. like what I remember doing. Um, you know, in the mix, do you remember anything about the tr- treatment of the uh, the the, the sound? Well, I, I know that I think I think the click clock is going left to right. I mean, the thing is, we used all the tools that were available at the time. Like I was listening when I was listening, is in my cloud. These would be so easy to pull off now, because you know all all the tech we have now, you can get all the auto panning, all the three D stuff, all the crap that you want. But back then, we only had a handful of things to work with. I mean, I know from the spatial. 3D environment. We were using the Bedini. That's really obviously on the um, on the guitar part. If you listen to it on yeah. speakers, you can feel it float beyond the boundary left and right. And uh, so the Bedini was we were using, and the sound space we we're using. There's a little known piece of equipment, the, the AN2 analog. Remember that thing? It was a stereoizer. Studio yep. Technologies made it. Um, you know, which is a very clever piece of equipment. Um, I hear that. Uh, it's not in that song. I heard it in some of the other songs. Cool. And that was like the compliment. And of course, the pan pan scan, the, the, the uh, auto panner, which we used a lot, you yeah. know. Um, but remember, when we were working, we only had one or two of these pieces. We didn't have a, a whole pile of them. So what we would have to do often, if we had an effect we liked or it was rhythmic and it had to be timed to something, is we would record it onto a pair of tracks. Yeah. Fortunately, they didn't send you, like, you know, it, it wasn't like you, now when you get 90 tracks from a client, you got to yeah. try to assimilate music out of it. You had just that core group. Yeah. Sometimes there's eight or 16, yeah. and everything you did, you did on the other machines. Yeah. I'm still I'm still boggled to think that this was eight at. I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy. We thought it was the latest, it was the latest, latest, greatest thing, the, the early black yeah. face, the, yeah. the black face day dads, the early ones. Oh, they sound like crap. <laughs> 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 I, we got we got some good stuff out of them though, man. We, no, I, you listen to this; it, it doesn't make that weird ringy sound we've gotten used to ADATS making. Yeah, isn't that know? funny? Wow. Yeah. So yeah. cool. So cool. Yeah. So I guess we should. Uh, I'm saying, there anything else on that? Uh, uh, there was some. Um, there. Well, they they. Oh, they did the opera woman. There's an opera lady in there. Um, you treated that wonderfully during the mix. I know that came from mm-hmm. them. Uh, one thing. There's. A, I'm using a lot of nested effects where I've got two pieces like an EQ and a delay, and then I would bring them back and make the delay feedback through itself on the channel. I see. So you, can, you, know, you push the fader up, you get more effect, more, more repeats. And the thing is, because it's regenerating through itself, they become more live, lo-fi as they go. That's super I heard cool. that in a lot of these. Yeah. And, you know, back, back then, it was one of, one of the major things in the lo-fi toolkit. Oh, it was a blast. 
So, so fun. Yeah. We had yeah. so much fun working on this. Well, cool. Let's move on to Euphoria. Let's listen to that one next. Mm-hmm. They are able to simulate the exact brain patterns. The grey world of reality.
stuff there's a lot there i'm i i want to start off talking about the bass because <laughs> what you did in this mix i think is one of the most incredible things is how there's a lot of low-end information in this mix and this is a great thing just to generalize and help people with a little bit how can you have like a bass with that much low end and then like you know the 808 you know things kicking in here and there and like there's there's multiple ultra low-end things and you somehow make them all speak in their own place in the mix i think that's a really interesting way to start this talking about that well you know? it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because when i was listening to it i had a memory of us uh sound techniques you know we we had worked like all night it was like like monday or tuesday morning about like six and it had to be a sunday it had to be a weekend so it was like around six fifteen. there was just nobody on the street remember i had that audi with the big stereo in it yep and you and I just sitting in there listening to it in the car, it, like after listening to it pretty much for 17 hours. And it's just like <laughs> that, the, the bass in that song, if you listen to it on a proper set of speakers, it, it's uh, it's it's like getting a massage. <laughs> it's like getting a s- subsonic massage. Um, that, uh, what it is, is I remember when I was mixing it, the bass had to compete with that big boom of the 808. Yeah. And so what I did with that, that's the 120 XDS, but you know, it isn't so much the harmonic cause you don't hear the harmonic, uh, the, um, sub, the, um, sub harmonic, the octave, the octave with it so much, but remember it had a, just a low frequency boost knob on the front yep. <laughs> thing made no sense to me, but I used it all the time and that's what's making that. And of course it's really compressed. Um, that one, I think we mixed at sound techniques. So, um, they had a, um, an original, only one I've ever seen in real life, uh, Universal Audio 176, which is basically a tube 1176. Oh, wow. It's a thing of beauty. And what a sound. It's, it's prominently featured on that bass. Oh, there, that's the only thing that sounds like that. Wow. I love the sound. And Warren's playing, I mean, all the, uh, it, it might even be fretless. It might be fretless. Hand, man. It might be I don't fretless. know what he was doing. It's incredible. It's so brilliant. Yeah. That sounds fretless to me. Yeah, I think I pretty I remember it being fretless and I remember he often had a whammy pedal attached to it as well. Um and a and a whammy bar. You know, I mean there's just an insane bass track. So that was the foundation. They had that loop that with that 
they sent me that. And then the rest of the rhythm stuff I, I programmed. But I remember at the time I was starting to get into turntablism and uh, going mm-hmm. to record stores like in Atlanta and Little Five Points. They have these record DJ shops where you could, they'd have all this just white label vinyl. You know, it was like, it was just like, there was no label and it would be like you know, <laughs> beats, you know, like just random beats. Like grab bag? Yeah, grab bag <laughs> beats, you know, and vinyl stuff. And pe- people would use them on turntables when they were, you know, doing scratches and stuff. Like, so I, I had a lot right, of white, right. white label vinyl and I, I remember lifting that sort of, uh, that main beat that was kind of like a, um, um, it's got it's a trip hop thing. It's kind of you know, Massive Attack was really my big inspiration at that moment in time. I, I right, think right. I, I'm pretty sure. But that 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 ended up. So I don't know how we used to make. Oh, we used Simpty Time Code to make those gel because we would like we'd have their loop and my loop, and we'd have to like sometimes offset the Simpty by like a few frames to make it like not flam so much and stuff. It wasn't like Pro Tools where you just looked at it and dragged it. Um, oh my God! I don't even like to think about something. Yeah, you know, it's a lot. It was a lot more work back then. But it, you know, there's the imperfections are kind of cool though. I think that's one of the things that was nice about working that way. Well, it, it, it limited you, so you had to come up with other options. Yeah. You know, um, it was, now you can just do anything you could possibly dream. Then it was like, well, I need three EQs. I need a compressor. I need some weird, you know, effect box. And then you lay it in. It's like, well, I got to sync this all up somehow. Yeah, I'm, you know, it can take day. It can take days. I mean, I remember like laying vocals down like to another track and like delaying individual words by different uh, offsets, like with delaying the time code by like ten milliseconds or you know. Yep. Yep. And it's very yeah. time, time consuming. We, we we came up with ways to work around it. And, yeah. uh, do you know how they did all those voices and who did the voices? Oh yeah. Um. Well, a lot of that is Warren singing. Um. Uh, really? Yeah, a, a good amount of it. There might have been. There was another. There was a guest singer, I think, on on this one for sure. I, but I remember the box. I I went. I bought it as well. It was that studio harmonis. Har, it was a Digitech thing. It was a two rack space. It was green. Oh, I've seen that. Like, yeah. a, I, I know what you're, that's what it was. Yeah. I thought it was a harmonizer or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean that that was what they were using. They were singing right into it, so it would spit the harmonies out. You know, as you sang into it. So. That's all over this. It sounds so cool. Yeah, it's glitchy too. What what does that? Yeah, Yeah, that's that. With where it could do the drop and the pitch. Yeah, that's, I think, Tinley controlling it with MIDI, I'm guessing. I wish we could get him on here. We really need Tinley on here. Sometime, some I'm point. sure he'd remember it. I've it, tried to get yeah, him. I'm curious myself. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of great stuff on there. Um, the Nixa Krumar, you know, there's nothing like that yes. sound. That his string parts are really I know. brilliant. I know. <laughs> it's just so Nick Rhodes. It's the sound and the part is just glorious. The way it you know floats around and i don't know what you did with the in the mixing process with the keyboards but i'm sure i'm sure that there's some there's some stereo spreader on it sometimes they sent us stuff that was inexplicably in mono which i could never understand and that might have been one of the things because when you listen to it and speakers it sprays out of the speakers it's the best way to describe it i mean the interesting thing about these mixes as as their studies of, you know, of shadow and light by themselves, where some things are just so dark, and then you introduce something bright, and it actually m- makes you feel a little bit um, um, disoriented physically, which is yeah. kind of the idea with it wow. in general. You know, there's one thing I'd forgotten all about in that track that I played and I heard it in headphones. I haven't listened to it in headphones for a while, but there's a bunch of live hi hat stuff I did, and it's I was it it has delay on it, so it's sort of like the yeah, walking on the end. Yeah, it was locking on the moon at the end. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Um, 
what else is in there? Yeah, there's just there's there's a lot of cool stuff. I'm trying to think of some other things. Uh, uh, that's a really bizarre question. Yeah. Um, when you did this um, up at the studio, yeah. Was it winter? Was it spring? It, it wasn't summer. Was no, it, it feels to me like it was like late fall. Um, yeah, because I, I remember it being cloudy, and I rem- like I, I said, I didn't I didn't have a car at that particular moment, which is one of the very few times in my life that I didn't have a car, and I don't remember why I was in between cars. And I remember being stranded at the studio, and I would have to walk like a mile to the 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 store, the store, not even a mile, less than a mile, to in North Chelmsford. And there was like a little breakfast place right. there, and it was a glorious right. feeling. I mean, it was this glorious feeling to be trapped in a studio. You know, it was like with no responsibilities, nothing. No, it was a wonderful time in my life. I really have super fond memories of yeah. make, you know yeah. handcrafting this stuff because it was like life was a it was I loved that space too that space yeah. sounded amazing yeah the big high ceilings and everything yeah. um, so much cool stuff on there well we should, let's move on to uh, let me think a second maybe well let, let's listen to um, yeah I know I don't have the right sequence so now I understand yeah it was what about God euphoria now we're gonna do beautiful clothes did they change okay. the order or is that what we always had? No, this, I, my order wasn't in order. I, I don't know. Oh. I have no idea okay. where I got it. Okay. So here's a uh, beautiful close. The banality of life. The banality of life. The banality of life. The banality of life. I love this clothes. I see something that glitters and I go right for it. It is the most incredible stuff.
invisible without them. I love shoes. I'm totally addicted to shoes. I love shoes. People are use fashion to escape. Where's the accessories and the scars and the shoes in the bag? fetish <laughs> oh my god you put on a jacket no, you put it, on a dress it's different you're crazy huh, you know? huh? This, um, the, the models you know, i mean that's that we got to start there you know if, if there's any testament to warren's warren's brilliance to that it's the blah 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 the whole thing's rhythmic and in time i remember you listening to it and you were like it's incredible. I mean, sounded by it. Well, it's you know you hear the Frank Zappa all over this one. There's no yeah, denying. Yeah, there's, absolutely. There's just I no. Mean, yeah, I would call this Zappa meets Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's I, mean, I hear crazy. I hear that sort of influence. I don't know if you remember this this track. We mixed it twice. We mixed it at uh, Cortland, and they didn't like it. Okay. And we mixed it again at Sound Techniques. That's the one you, that we just heard. So what did what um, you, did we do different? I think the I think the drum loops the, there was a different sound in there. It was just well, w- originally I I had it like tighter sounding, yeah. but they really wanted it more lo-fi and loose, and that's what we went with. Well, there when that's one whole topic for the song is there. I remember writing down that there's just there's layers of drum loops. It's it's like there's like multiple. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a miracle yeah. that they they don't just it's not just a flam fest, you know, considering how we like did it. Flamogram, right. Yeah. Right. There's several, there's several main loops. And I remember like the, those drum fills, like a lot of those fills I sample off vinyl. And, um, I know, I know why I should, I can't say where one of them came from. I don't want to get a lawsuit or anything, but anyway, it's just, it's definitely seventies rock. <laughs> Let's just say that I can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Those. Yeah. Yeah. I've spent hours and hours. No look, I've from. spent hours looking for like just those little bits, you know, cause if you, you, you program that 
And, um, and it's just not the same. Like this brings me back to my addendum from the last song that I, I, I jogged my memory when there was like, at this time I was starting to listen to hip hop for probably like getting, cause I was playing with top choice click. Remember we, this was about the time mm-hmm. that, that yeah, I, this was around the time this yeah. prior to the John P. Yes. Stuff? It was before John yeah, P. But, but after top maybe choice click. Maybe by a year. And I, yeah. and I remember yeah. on, on, um, euphoria, there's like, there's, Oh, this choir thing it would be like in every bar and I remember MC Force would I would watch him do this he would like find something and he'd find a place in the measure for it and he would put it in every measure but it was like it wasn't just looped it was like he was playing it and like doing a, like a pitch bend on it you know and right. then and right. then and he would spend hours you've seen him and he would just listen to like eight yeah. bars for like hours like you know bobbing his head and I heard a lot of that mm-hmm. in um euphoria uh, the samples that i was doing that with and that carries over into this with those drum fills it was like it would have been so easy to just do it on a drum machine but it's like when you find that magical piece of audio from another time period or whatever that fits in there right. it just adds this right. swing you know so i guess that's what... listen i watched him do that he'd show up with a milk crate full yeah. of vinyl yeah and he'd just start pulling stuff out I don't even know how he curated this stuff or where he heard it or how he heard it or if he just dropped stuff on. I have no idea. All I know is that I, I saw him grab records and music came out. Well, it, was like music. A, it was like a quarter of a million dollars to clear the samples on that TCC record. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy, but that's, that's the number. There were a lot of samples. Yeah, you know, like right. Bad Company and... <laughs> but anyway, so there's there's quite a bit of that going on in here. Um, the models, just the way that they the the, the samples they chose and and, and have the, the dialogue between them, it, it, it's the banality of life. It's like this is the message. Wondering the hours and hours and hours of going through shit to yeah. come up with that. Yeah, it's really well. You know, it, we hear it and it, it goes right by us, you know, yeah. in five minutes. But I'm thinking like, where? Yeah. You know what a pain in the ass it is. They're not out yet. Stuff. They're not out yet. <laughs> And some of them sound like they're in the back seat of the car because of the rolling sound space. If you get in the right environment, there's some of those voices will come from behind you. Okay, so yeah, we might have Zoom audio for a little stretch in there. So yeah, so there was some of that in there. I wanted to talk a little bit about Warren's tractor beam guitar, which is kind of the main thing in this. It's like a snuffleupagus, like extravaganza, you know? Uh, I, I just remember it was the mix-consuming monster. Oh yeah, it's like it's like a giant spider that would go through the whole track. Like you'd get the whole thing working and the loops and the bass, and it was grooving. And all of a sudden, there's just a big spider came in. <laughs> you do you pull it off? Occupying I this, all the yeah, space. This, this was a very tricky thing for you to pull together. I remember that's why we had to do it twice. And, and funny thing, when we did it, it wasn't one of my favorite songs. But as time went by, I got to love the song. Yeah, it's, it's, su- it's super cool. I just love the irony and the and and the the, the 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 banality of life aspect. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's the, I think three uh, three of uh, uh, an episode is good. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, these three tracks, um, I'm not sure where they happened as far as the order of mixing um but i know we did we started at my studio we tracked a bunch of drums up there you helped me with drums on yep. like yep. people know your yep. name and a few others we'll get into those yeah. I, I did i did i helped with drum pl- uh, with mic placements on those but i think a lot of that you recorded by yourself i think people you know your name i actually recorded i remember you being there for that and but uh, then i think i just left stuff set up didn't you, we borrow some mics from somewhere yeah for that or? yeah and i remember i played live drums on your dreaming pal and then i like combine them with some kind of like program stuff and a lot of it's a mixture of live playing and programming and stuff that tinley sent so it's a it's a mixture but so it all started up in chelmsford uh and privacy studios on adat then we spent a, a good amount of time transferring it at Cortland studios in hansen mass uh over to 24 inch 
24 inches. That's the crazy thing. I don't, have a, I don't have a recollection of locking the machines up and sinking. We had to sink. Everything had to be locked so we could keep going back and forth with them. Yeah, I remember like but, setting up ADATs and doing the transfers and stuff. Uh, wow. a, a lot of stuff was uh, running live. A lot of stuff was running live in my samplers because I didn't have enough tracks. So that we always ran right, virtual tracks. Right. Okay. I, you know, I, I, I can't even imagine that now because I'd be too nervous that I'd lose something, but we never worried about a thing. We just did it. It's crazy. No, we, we just did it. I, again, like I was said at the beginning, it's like this stuff is so easy to do now. Yeah. But back then, it was a real accomplishment. Not to mention that, you know, you're you're doing it with somebody who's on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. But, yeah, before. Um, so, yeah. yeah, the tracks we had were the tracks we had. And, you know, there was no there was no way to get stuff quickly. And then for the last phase of the project, we moved to Sound Techniques, which is in downtown Boston near BCN, uh, right on Boylston Street, mm-hmm. which is our kind of home away from home at that time. It's a fantastic yeah, at that room. time, absolutely. Love that place. Yeah. It was so wonderful. Yeah. And that was a good time. Yeah, we had, we had so much fun working on this stuff. So many great memories. Well, we're going to wrap it up, guys. <laughs> Bob, we're gonna, we'll get you back for a couple more episodes of these TV Mania. I think people absolutely. are really interested. Absolutely. Love having you. It's, um, it's so great. So and I'm glad people are finally getting to hear the record. It's been like almost 30 years. That's that, crazy. It's insane. Shit. Yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. I, it was one of these things, and I've shown it to people over the years who are like, this is far out. Where, where can I get it? And I'm like, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can. Super now cool. Now you can. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to go buy a CD as soon as we hang up. So I've got one here. Awesome, man. Great to have you, Bob. Uh, thanks All for right, ca- dropping by, everybody. I'm going to put a, a little sample of the uh, lost... Uh, um, what about God uh, mix. Lost mix. I'm just going to put on like maybe 30 seconds of it because I don't want to get in trouble. So just as a little, <laughs> a little teaser. Awesome, guys. Thanks for coming. Studio Secrets A to Z signing off. So I've got a little snippet of um, some stuff that didn't make it onto the track. And I like to call this the uh, escalator to heaven. Uh, what about God version? So I'm going to give you a little snippet here. Um, and check it out. Yeah, this crazy cool drum sound. It's uh, my Noble and Cooley's. Uh, through two Yamaha D1500 delays with like a you know 100 millisecond slap on one side and like you know I forget that exact number but it's it's kind of a skew it's not quite right and then with the ping pong delay uh, you know it's going through like a DBX 160 uh, it's a cool cool sound so check it out. God. Do you have a God? An all-powerful being. A force. An intelligent force. God. I just thought of something else when I was listening to the, um, that version of it. There's like shortwave radio static, which was uh, a hobby of mine in Chelmsford. Late at night, it would come in. I could get Germany, Japan, and just tuning in between the stations would get the most musical, weirdest sounds. Um, and that's you hear all that tuning of the radio in there. And uh, it's kind of prominent in the track. I didn't mention it during the podcast. I thought I'd throw it in.
Have a good night. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.